Hey there, gorgeous, and welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where we talk all things marketing, business, and personal development. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the marketing coach, motivational speaker, and Dr. Pepper lover with a mission to connect you with the most incredible women I can find and the tools you need to chase those crazy, audacious dreams of yours. So welcome to the club, Firestarter. Now let's turn that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Hey, hey, Firestarters, welcome back to another episode. I am going solo today. Uh, I'm always solo on Fire Fridays, but I'm going solo today for our Wildfire Wednesday episode. Um, Obviously not with the guests, going solo so that I can talk a little bit about the Females on Fire Summit. Now, if you're think if you've been around for a minute and you're thinking, didn't we just have that? We did. I am not talking about um, what's coming up for the summit or promoting it or anything like that. I actually want to give you a little bit of a recap because about a month ago, we a little over a month ago, we finished up our second ever Females on Fire Summit. And I didn't do an episode like this after the first one. Uh, I know a lot of people do. They do something in their business and then they do a blog or a podcast episode or whatever, like recapping it and telling you what they learned. I kind of felt like after the first one, I still had a lot to learn. Um, I still have a lot to learn now, but I feel like we have a little bit better footing now uh, and kind of have an idea of what we're going to be doing going forward. And so now I wanted to bring you an episode so that if you're interested in hosting or running a virtual event or summit or whatever, maybe this will give you some ideas or spark something for you that you maybe didn't think about. So, um, I wanted to, to bring you this solo episode today to kind of talk a little bit about that and just recap some of the takeaways that I've had, some of the things that I think we've done really well, some of the things we maybe haven't done so well, and just give you some tangible tips that you can work with just in case you ever decide to run your own event. So for those of you who are new around here and don't know, or maybe you're not new around here, but you just missed it somehow, the Females on Fire Summit is our four-day virtual summit for women in business. And we started it in August of 2021. And that was our first time ever running it. We ran it in honor of females on fire's third birthday. And we enjoyed it so much, loved it so much that we decided we were going to run it again, six months later in February of 2022. Now we are absolutely in love with doing it. It has become a very big part of our community. And so we plan to do it twice a year, every year for the indefinite future. Um, so we really learned a lot at both of these summits, but they were, in my opinion, very different. Now our audience probably doesn't think so. They're probably like, no, it's pretty similar. Um, but I feel like we learned a lot on the back end of things, which is really cool. So we do a four day virtual summit and our theme is build better. And so day one is themed build a better business. So you're getting a lot of those sort of almost random business topics. 
um, that don't really fit into one particular like category or area. Day two is build better leads. So this is all about sales and marketing and lead generation and conversions. Day three is build better content. So we talk all about social media platforms and content and batching and creating and just how to really build a community and sell your stuff with your content. And then day four is build a better you. And it's all about personal development and wellness and motivation and mindset because I females on fire. That's what we're all about is helping you build a really profitable business and make an impact on the world and in your community, but also really helping you become the person that you want to be and dream bigger and step into the world of personal development, confidently knowing that you're consistently growing as a person and leveling up and becoming a higher performer and a more impactful person in general, and really leading the type of life that you want to lead. So we definitely mix the two. You do not have to do that. You can get very niche. If you run a summit, we chose to go a little more broad because that's just what we're about with females on fire. And, um, that way women in any kind of business can join us and really enjoy it and get something out of it. So to give you a little bit of a recap, our first summit in August of 2021 brought in over 800 attendees. Um, Whether you think that's good or bad, I really don't care. We thought it was amazing. Uh, So we had a little over 800 attendees for the first one, which was awesome. Uh, For the second one, the one we just wrapped up in February 22, um, we brought in a little over 600. So we had slightly lower numbers, but we actually made more revenue off the second event Um, And that's because our all access pass that we sold, which gives you like all of the replays and lots of bonuses from our speakers and all of those amazing things. It converted at about 10% during the first summit and a little closer to like 15 or 16% during the second one. So we actually had higher conversions on those all access passes. And I just think we had more people actually showing up live to things, um, or watching those like 24 hour replays that we gave out. And so we just had more like consistent attendees, people who really were actually showing up more, not just signing up, attending the first day and then kind of ghosting. Um, so that was really cool. So I'm actually happy, not that I'm happy with the lower numbers, but I'm happy with the way it turned out because we definitely got more engaged people at the second one, even with the slightly lower numbers. So lower numbers, not necessarily always a bad thing, but I think that was great for our our first one and our second one. So to give you an idea, our first summit, we basically planned it in like two months, less than two months. Actually, we got the idea in June to go ahead and do it and really didn't actually start reaching out to speakers until the very end of June, beginning of July, and gave them a very quick turnaround time to like send in all their materials and basically started promoting it immediately. And so that was just a huge success for the timeline that we gave ourselves. And then I had all the intention in the world of giving ourselves a decent timeline and runway for the second one. And Hey, life happened. 
So that did not work out. We ended up basically reaching out to all of the speakers in like January and throwing the whole thing together very quickly. And again, just basically gave ourselves like a month and a half to two months to throw the whole thing together. So the fact that we have these numbers and these conversion rates, I'm actually really, really proud of it. Um, just because we didn't really give ourselves a whole lot of runway for our next event. We have definitely given ourselves more. We're planning a little more in advance and I'm really excited to see what that does for us in terms of the numbers, the conversions, the engagement, and just all around for our speakers and the whole back end of things, because I think it's going to make me a little more calm in the sense that I now actually have time to put things together, but it's really going to help our speakers out and give our attendees a little more time to put together their schedule for what they want to attend and, um, just really feel like they're getting the most out of it. So I'm excited to see how that works out, but I think it's going to be pretty cool. So I want to tell you a little bit about what I think that we did well, and this is kind of based on just what I observed from things, but also feedback that we got from both speakers and attendees. Um, number one, I got the most amazing speakers. And I think that that's really, really crucial. I think a lot of times people just think that they can just ask all their friends in their industry and leave it at that. And it'll be really good. And I really branched out. Of course, I have some of my amazing, uh, business friends, biz besties speaking at the event every time. But I also reached out to some people that this to me felt like an opportunity to finally connect with them. Or I just knew like, even if I didn't know them really well, I've just seen what they talked about and I knew they'd be perfect. And I basically reached them out begging to be a part of it because I knew our speakers would enjoy that or our attendees would enjoy that. I'm sorry. So really just thinking long and hard about who you want to get at your event and who you think is actually going to be beneficial to the event and promoting it in bringing really high value content and not really gatekeeping the things that they know. And instead being the kind of person that wants to show up and serve and really give back to the attendees. That's really, really important. And we were very, very fortunate for both of our events to find those kind of speakers. Uh, another thing that I think we did well was getting people really involved. We've got a chat box available during all of the sessions. We host some fun, like live things throughout the summit. Uh, we really promoted engagement. So even though you may be trying to sell an all access pass, or maybe you're trying to launch a program or something after the event you really want to put a big emphasis on just having people engage with you and your speakers and each other. And that's one thing that I didn't even necessarily expect, but I'm really proud of is that a lot of feedback that I've gotten from attendees at both of our rounds of the summit is that they've actually met other attendees who they are now collaborating with or that they've become really good friends with, or they ended up meeting in person or something like that. And to me, that's fostering a level of community that's so crucial and so important. And it's going to be the thing that continues to move females on fire forward. 
So really just asking yourself, how can we really foster a community and get people really involved so that they don't just feel like it's another thing where they gave their email and they're getting free content. It's actually something that they are really involved in and that they're a participant in and they can give feedback and they can meet other people and they can find collaborations. And I think that's really, really cool, but also really, really important. So setting yourself up well, um, which I believe that we did to get people involved and promote that engagement is really important. I mentioned that we did a couple of live things and that to me was something we did really well. Our summit is pre-recorded. So the sessions themselves are not live speakers, turn them in, in advance. The chat box is live and the speakers are usually in the chat box to um, answer your questions and, and chat with you a little bit. So that's kind of one live component that we have. We also do live panels and then we have our virtual dance party. And we also have like a connection lounge that we do where attendees can just show up and get to talk about themselves and their business and network with each other to, to try to really build out their network. So all of those things, I think, come together to really be what kind of put the bow on our event. Um, it's kind of the icing on the cake because what I've seen with a lot of summits is it either being live the whole time or it being pre-recorded the whole time. And maybe they have like a live panel or something. And to me, I wanted us to have, you know, the live component so that people feel like they got to know the speakers and they got answers to their questions and, you know, all of those things, which is why we have the chat box and the panels but I also wanted people to be able to actually really make genuine connections and have fun. So that's why we have our connection lounge. And it's definitely why we have our virtual dance party. And to me, if we were going to throw an in-person event, we would definitely be having a dance party because I am all about that. Like I am your ultimate hype girl. So I'm all about a dance party and, and having fun and just enjoying the time we have together. So to me, if we were going to do that in person, we were definitely going to find a way to do it virtually. And in the beginning, I had no idea what that would look like. People thought I was crazy. Uh, my husband, especially he was so supportive, but he was like, how are you going to do a virtual dance party? Like, what does that even mean? And we showed up and put on music and actually danced on zoom and answered some trivia questions for giveaways and gave out prizes and talked about the summit in between, you know, our little jamming out dance sessions. And it was so much fun and it went even better the second time. And I just think that's something that sets us apart. And I think when you can incorporate those little live components not just to give education, but to actually help people make connections and have fun. And again, just foster community. I think that's a really cool thing. The other thing that I think we did well that I'm going to mention, but I'm going to preface it by saying, I don't think we actually did it well. I think we just got a little bit lucky. Um, and I think it's important to say that because I really want to set realistic expectations for the, for anybody listening um, I think we did really well with our giveaways and our sponsors. The reason I say that I don't think it really had much to do with us and we've just got lucky is 
both times, both rounds of the summit, I did not put a lot of effort into actually reaching out to brands and looking for sponsorship. Instead, we have a sponsorship page and I mentioned it to speakers when I was asking them to be speakers, if they also wanted to sponsor. And that is how we ended up selling out our highest sponsorship package at both rounds of the summit and got a few additional sponsors, um, as well and got people to sponsor giveaways and things like that. So I did not put a lot of effort into this and I don't have like a strategy I can give you for how to go about this really well and make sure it's successful. Instead, all I can tell you is we made sure that our speakers knew that they could also be sponsors if they wanted to, or if they knew anybody that would be a sponsor to send them our way. And we just got lucky. Um, I will report back in the future if we actually put a strategy in place and it starts to work or not work. But, um, for now that went really well for us and it benefited us a lot in terms of getting the word out in terms of bringing in revenue from the summit, um, and all of those things, but it wasn't something that I feel like I can confidently be like, oh yeah, we did an amazing job at this because we really didn't do anything. We just got lucky. And I know I really respect people who, when they do a thing in business or they get to a certain level, sometimes they can look at you and be like, nope, I just caught a break on this thing. Um, And so I want to be really transparent with you guys that in that particular case, we just caught a break. I don't want you to think that, you know, we reached out to all these people and just did this really well. And then you go try it and maybe don't get the sponsors you're wanting to get. And then you're like, why does it work for her and not me? Um, we literally just got lucky. So I'm sure there have been things in your business where you just kind of catch a lucky break sometimes for us. It just happened to be this, but I, I do think that helped us out a lot. I will report back in the future. If, um, if I ever do have tips or strategies that you could put in place for that. What did we not do well? I'm going to kind of breeze through these because I (laughs) don't even like talking about it, but I want to share with you guys because I want you to learn from our mistakes. Um, Number one, just a simple thing. It's like a learning curve. We still had a few tech issues. Our first summit, we had a lot more tech issues because I did not know what I was doing. We cleared up a lot of that on the second round, but just still had a couple things here and there. I know there were like some people that couldn't figure out how to log in, which I think was more um, an issue for them than us. Cause I'm not sure what was going on in their end, but just little things like that, that we have been looking into and making sure that we clear up. We had some tech issues this second round, um, with our all access pass. Once people got into that, there were some tech issues there. So just cleaning up all of that, recognizing that those still issue, those issues are still going to exist a little bit and just learning from them as they come. Um, I already mentioned giving ourselves a little more runway for time in actually planning the event. So that's something I don't think we've ever done. Well, I really think we could have done. And even obviously we've done a great job with both summits and I'm very, very proud of it, but, um, I think we could have done an even better job and made it way bigger, way better. Had we just given ourselves a little more time and a little more runway to plan and play and promote 
um, and all of that. So that's definitely something we'll be doing in the future. And then the third thing I want to mention that I'm just not super proud of, and I think we probably will do it very differently in the future is, um, on our second round, this, this most recent round of the summit, we, for the first time ever launched the females on fire, mini mind. And I'm not against launching a program off of the back of a virtual event, but I think the way that we went about it was not the best and we didn't know. So we're not beating ourselves up about it, but, um, it's just trying things and learning. And now we know. So, um, the reason I say, I don't think it went as well is we started promoting the mini mind from day one of the summit and really, really pushing that all throughout the four days and then left the cart open for another week after that. And we were continuing to promote it. In the meantime, we were also still promoting the all access pass. So we had essentially ads running at the beginning of each session for four days straight, pointing you to the mini mind and pointing you to the all access pass. And we're pointing you to a program that we want you to buy while also promoting you to a smaller ticket item that we want you to buy while trying to give you a lot of free kind content, which is what you really signed up for. And I think it was just very overwhelming to a lot of attendees. And I got a lot of feedback of people who really wanted to join the mini mind and they were thinking about it, but they were like, the timing is just not right or this or that or whatever. And I think had we just focused on giving out the content at the summit and doing that really well and mentioning the all access pass and then launching the mini mind at the end of the summit, I think we would have gotten a much better response and it wouldn't have felt quite as salesy or quite as overwhelming to the attendees. So I just like to mention that because if you're thinking about doing a virtual event to try to launch your program or your course or whatever, that's just been our experience. Obviously people do it a thousand different ways and, and see success with it a thousand different ways for us. That's just kind of where we're at with it. So, um, in the future, we will continue to do some launches of the mini mind off the back of the summit, but it will be off the back of the summit at the end, not, um, or even after the summit, not during and not overwhelming our attendees. So, just something I wanted to mention that maybe you could think about if that's something that you're thinking about. So to kind of wrap this up, just a couple of takeaways. I've got like five big takeaways for you that I think are just kind of the most important lessons that we've learned. Um, and I kind of touched on a lot of these already, but just kind of get to give you a tangible takeaway to recap on. Number one, I would say give yourself at least three months runway um, to actually plan and, and pull together the event. If it's brand new and you've never run it before, I would say, give yourself four to five months. The reason I say that is the only reason we managed to pull off our second round, the way that we did and do it as well as we did is because the sales page was already created all the templates, swipe, copy, everything we needed to put together was already created from the first one. 
So it was just tweaking a few dates, you know, maybe upgrading a couple of things and then pulling it all together. That's not to say that it's just super easy to pull it together every time after the first one, it still takes work, especially navigating, getting your speakers together and promoting the event and all of that, which is why I still think you should give yourself about three months runway. But if it's your first ever event, giving yourself four to five, just because you're creating the sales page and all the graphics and the swipe copy and really building out all of that stuff that you don't have templates for. So I just think that would be really beneficial to you if it's something that you're thinking about. Number two, set speaker expectations very clearly and very quickly. So I, like I said, we got the most amazing speakers, but I made it very clear to them from the beginning you know, this is what we're looking for. This is how we're running the summit. This is what we would expect from you as a speaker and how often we would expect you to promote it, what we would expect you to show up to, what's optional. Here's what we believe you're going to get out of it. Here's how we're incentivizing it for you. Like we just made it abundantly clear and that allowed our speakers to, if they decided to say yes and be a part of this event, They knew exactly what was expected of them. They knew what they had to provide us with. They knew when they had to provide it by. They knew what they were getting out of it. So there was no hurt feelings. There were no missed deadlines. It was very, very clear what the expectations were on both sides. So just setting those expectations for your speakers before they ever even sign on to be speakers is really important. Number three, gamify everything. Um, so what do I mean by that? I mean, find a way to incentivize everything. Um, the more you can gamify an event, the better success you're going to have with it. So we did a lot of giveaways to get people in the door. We incentivized our speakers in multiple different ways to get them to actually go promote the event. We incentivized our attendees to actually show up to things live and participate in the chat box and participate in the Facebook group, uh, shout us out over on Instagram. Like we incentivized everything. And yes, you may spend a little more money doing those types of giveaways and giving out prizes and trying to gamify things, but you will see a much bigger ROI and, and get more revenue out of it and get more attendees in the door and have speakers feel like they got more out of, uh, participating and all of that stuff. If you gamify it as much as you can. So get really creative, put in the time, put in the money and really, really gamify as much of your event as you can. Uh, number four, put a really big focus on audience building and on fostering community before the event. So I know a lot of people use events to grow their audience, which is awesome, but don't underestimate the power of trying to get people on your email list ahead of time before you announce the summit or before you announce the event and really, really fostering their community. And the reason I think this matters is if you can really get people involved in your community and like falling in love with all the value that you give before you announce the event. And then you announce the event and you ask those people in your community to help you promote it and to be affiliates and even maybe earn a commission off like 
any all access passes that come through their link or anything like that, then your community is going to help expand the community. They're going to go out and tell all their, their friends and bring those people into the community so that you have a bigger and better event. So don't just use the event to grow your audience, grow your audience beforehand, really foster community, and then ask those people to help you build and promote the event so that then you're growing your audience even more. And then number five, just know very clearly what your goal is so that you know what you're pointing the audience toward and then build the event and the topics and the ideas and all of that stuff around that idea. So if you want to get really niche with the theme or the topic of your event, that's really cool. Um, Even if you don't want to get really niche, like what is the end result? What are people learning from your event or what is the goal for them to come get out of it? And then what is the goal for you? Is it just building your audience and building your email list so that you have that in the future when you go to launch something? Are you trying to bring in more revenue? So you're selling something during the event that you're promoting to the attendees, or are you trying to launch something off the back of the event? So you're trying to give them all this free stuff and really hype them up and really build community so that by the end of the event, they're super engaged and you go to launch your thing and they hopefully buy. What is the goal that you're pointing them toward? Because you need to be really, really clear on that so that you don't feel like you're pulled in a bunch of different directions where you're like, okay, we're trying to grow our email list, but we also want to make money, but we also want to launch this thing. That's too much. And you need to have one main focus and be pointing your audience and your attendees toward that focus and make that really, really clear. So I hope this was helpful to you in just kind of giving you a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a rundown in how we've done our two rounds of the Females on Fire Summit so far and giving you some things I think we did well and didn't do well and just takeaways to remember for the future. So like I said, we are absolutely still learning. I am learning a lot. Every single time we do this, there's a lot to be learned, but I just felt like I kind of had enough footing now and knew enough that I could hand a little bit of information over to you in the event that you wanted to run your own event. And I don't want to gatekeep that information. So, um, even though we still have a lot to learn and a lot of things we could do better, I wanted you to know what we think we've done well and what I have learned so that hopefully it can benefit you. If you are planning a virtual event, if you're planning a live event, I think this would still be helpful. Um, or if you're just thinking about it, maybe this is the push that you need and you're like, Oh, well, If she did it that way, I could totally do that too. So hopefully this was helpful to you, but even if you're not thinking of running an event, hopefully you got something out of this and can apply it to the things that you are doing in your business. If you are thinking about running an event or, uh, already planning on it, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up on Instagram at Haley Luckadoo and just let me know what your event's about and how we can support you. Uh, because I would be really excited to hear Uh, what you got out of this and when you're planning on it. So we could just, you know, support you all the way through it and be supportive of our community that way. So best of luck to you, if that is what you're doing and the direction that you're going, but I wanted to give that to you today for this 
Wildfire Wednesday. Uh, and we will be back on Friday with another Fire Friday. So tune in then and tune in again next week where we'll be back with a guest. And don't forget, it only takes one spark of an idea to turn into a wildfire of success. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.